life, we always we're all kind of on a on a highway, right? We're all just kind of going a certain direction. But oftentimes, what happens is maybe you take one of those side roads. What oftentimes happens is that detour allows you to experience and see things that you might not have ever noticed before. What is up, our fellow Legacy Ninja? When you look at your life, how many times have you gone on that side road that you weren't really sure about, but you went down it and you didn't really realize what came out of going down that detour, the side road of life that shows up and the story that comes out of that. It's unique because we all have a story that is meant to be shared but are you sharing the story you want to be shared or are you allowing somebody else to share your story and maybe you don't like what's being told or shared about your story so you do have the power to choose how the story is shared and how you show up so on this episode we have the pleasure and honor of having one half of two native sons patrick marikami on as our guest He shares the struggles that he's gone on, how life has turned out for him by embracing those side roads and opening up and being present, being vulnerable and transparent with what he's gone through and what that has done for him to show up for others and what that does for others by him giving permission for others to show up and share their story. Within the episode, we talk about appreciation for the good and the struggle show up and give permission to others, and then ask questions to cause your mind to search. It is a unique thing on how you ask the questions, how you uh, verbalize those questions, what shows up in regards to what your brain finds. So after listening to the journey that Patrick's been on, how he's been able to open up and be his true authentic self, take the time and look at yourself and look at those side roads that you've had to go down. Based on those side roads that you've gone down, what lessons have come out of that that you can share with somebody else? Enjoy the episode, and we'll catch you later. What is up? Another episode of Legacy Digging with Two Native Sons. And we have another piece here where one of the Native Sons is interviewing the other Native Son. So that way you get the insights for how we view life and how we're viewing the legacy piece. So as the other native son, we've got Patrick Marikami <laughs> here on the uh, hot seat today. <laughs> and it's so unique when you look at this because we've talked about it. And I think we highlighted it in the episode with myself. Since we've done this, we haven't really done a deep dive. Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting, right? Because I've guessed it on probably, what, third. 14 podcasts since March of this year. I think the goal was 10 and there was quite a bit of momentum. And then I had to kind of slow it down uh, for family reasons. You know, we're spending more time. My son's playing football, which I'm super excited about. And uh, I've learned so much actually in just these, uh, this last month of uh, watching my son play football. So, but uh, yeah, we really haven't done kind of the deep dive for either one of us. I think there's been some small snippets here and there throughout kind of some sprinkled in versions of uh, some of that stuff. Yeah, I'm excited. So when you look at having the conversation piece and actually going on to other people's podcasts, 
when you think about the legacy that you're building, the legacy that you're creating outside of two native sons, but what you want to do and what you want to leave, how much of going on to other platforms, leveraging other people's audience, what does that do for you in regards to what you're creating? You know, for me, I look at a lot of it as one practice, right, for the ultimate stages of where I want to be. Two, it also has always, for everything that I've ever done, has always kind of built for either longevity or to be able to give back. And so when I do guest spot, the goal and hope is that I can provide something for that person's audience, Mm. right? I never want to go there just to be a guest, just to do it. Um, I feel like that one, I want to take away a great experience from there, you know, because time is really the most valuable currency that we own. But I also want to make sure that it's not a waste of their time or time for the listeners who are listening to that podcast, because there are many, many dynamic speakers, many people who are guesting uh, on podcasts who are doing a lot of great stuff. Uh, But ultimately, at the end of the day, it also allows me to continue to refine how I tell and share my story Mm -hmm. as well. And I think the understanding the power of the story that you have and what that does in regards to what you're building the fact that I know as long as we've known each other you have opened up a lot more with sharing your story and it's unique the fact that you're you brought up the fact that you want to bring value to the other audience I think when we look at that though how deep and how hard pressing for ourselves are we thinking about how much value can I give somebody else's audience? And if we were to flip that and just go in there and share and just understand that when somebody needs that message, they'll come across it. So have you thought about that fact? Because I know we talked about going onto other people's stages, given that value, but how do we determine that value that somebody else is going to pick up? Well, I think that everybody comes to that from different levels. When I first signed up to be a guest on several podcasts, it was really just to get in the habit of sharing my story and to get better at it. Over time, you realize that, you know what, I am getting better at this or that my story is worth sharing, but let's share it to the right people. Let's Mm -hmm. share it to the audience that really wants to dive into that because Otherwise, you're just no better than going out shouting up and down your neighborhood and people are just going to tell you to shut up. (laughs) So it's but it was something that evolved. Right. Mm -hmm. It was something that I wanted to do being a host of a podcast, having done the live interviews. I thought it'd be really cool to be on the other side. And so being able to to do that and then really, as you begin to share your story, as people begin to hear your episodes and then they become truly intrigued and then they start reaching out saying hey we loved hearing your segment we'd love to hear you know your thought process right and it depending on what they heard or where they heard it I had one gentleman who basically said I want to go deeper in regards to the hurt and the pain Mm -hmm. to be able to get to where you are one person said I'd love to hear about the 180 from where you were at but the success piece that's come from it on the business side. And so again, you just never know where, which piece people are going to resonate with. And so when then you realize that you have given that true value back and that it comes back kind of full circle. Well, and that's the thing I think 
by being open and receptive to hear the feedback from other people and what that does by allowing you to hear what other people have received and that piece. I know that when we did the memoir event with Flip, you shared your story and then you had the woman that came up and thanked you for sharing that story. But imagine what would have happened if you didn't share that story. Have you ever thought about that night, that interaction, that conversation, had you not been on stage to share your story? I really hadn't thought about it, but I do imagine that if I had not, right, and not shared it in the details that I did, right, because uh, for those of you who maybe who don't know, and again, maybe you were planning to get to this, but I guess we'll just kind of jump the gun here if we are. Uh, my story is basically I went from major depression, uh, multiple suicide attempts, turned entrepreneur, business owner, uh, having launched four businesses in the last six years. The biggest hurdle really was overcoming myself, overcoming mindset. And being able to share my story in regards to a theme called my first. And so a lot of times your first is oftentimes your last for something else. Mm. And so sharing that experience on stage about my first time cutting, my first time, you know, attempting suicide, my first time, you know, uh, admitting defeat, you know, all those different things. And for somebody to come up to me afterward and just say, thank you for being authentic, transparent, and willing to share those details. You know, it just solidifies that you do have a voice, that people can hear things a million times, but you may be that one differentiator for them because of how they heard it, where they heard it, et cetera. You just never know. And I say this all the time. People, for some reason, don't believe me. But I tell people all the time, I promise you that if you if I can pull myself through this, if I can do a 180, because at the end of the day, I feel like I'm just another person trying to get through their struggles. I'm just another person trying to get to the next level. Right. And a lot of people, for some reason, they think that where I'm at is not attainable. And the truth of the matter is, is that I was not too far away from where they were at. And so when I put it into them and just, they just realized I'm just another person. Hey, I still struggle, right? On certain days, trying to have good days. I still struggle trying to be a positive image, right? Mm -hmm. I struggle as a parent, as a spouse, as, you know, as a son, a brother, whatever, all those things. And when they realize that we're all human together and that we all share that commonality, that we all fail, but how do we fail forward? How do we learn from our mistakes and how do we be human? How do we be friends, right? Knowing that, hey, if you fail and if you fail around me, we're still friends. A lot of times people have this misunderstanding that if they fail in front of somebody that that's going to bring a disconnect. Mm -hmm. If anything, for me, it brings us closer. When you think about telling that story, going through the suicide attempts, the depression, and you're looking at that part of the journey for yourself and the legacy that you're building, where do you see that connection of the journey that you've been on with those life points? Because I think a lot of times talking about suicide, talking about depression, it's hard for people to talk about it. Uh, my outlook on that is we've been judged so hard hmm. that people don't want to share. Absolutely. But when you look at everything that you've gone on within specifically that part of the journey and now where you're at, 
what has that done for you in regards to shaping the legacy that you're building and how you're living out the legacy? Before we get to that, I want to do kind of a, a little preface to kind of set the stage here so that way people really understand when I was at my ultimate lowest, I was doing everything I could to keep myself at the bottom as well. Okay. A lot of self-sabotage, um, you know, somehow I managed to stay on like a, a worker's comp through mental health stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was a resource, but you know, somehow that was uh, a thing. And because I was only getting 60%, my ex had left me in a lease uh, that was just under my name. So I was basically paying rent and two paychecks. I was balancing checks to keep the lights turned on. Found out that if you have a dollar in your bank account, you can get a full tank of gas, but you will pay that penalty and that mm. fee. I would turn off all the lights to keep it as dark as possible. And I was just doing everything I could to stay in that mindset. I was writing cryptic thoughts, cryptic poetry, writing out wills and kind of giving instructions for people. Hey, make sure that this gets uh, sent over to so-and-so and make sure that this you know, person, uh, this goes to them, you know, and then I would send that to people. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like sending this message and putting it out there. You know, I think in your episode, you talked about putting things out into the universe, right? Mm -hmm. When you talked about breaking legs <laughs> and you didn't realize that it was going to be you, right? But this was literally me saying, hey, I will die sometime this summer or mm -hmm. sometime this, you know, in this month. I need you to really follow these instructions. And people are like, why would you even task me with that, right? And I didn't realize how much of a burden that I was putting myself onto other people too. Because then people are sitting there trying to talk me out of it. And then I would just get pissed off. I mean, so you literally think of like all the things that somebody can do to kind of stay in that environment. And I was literally doing that. I was shutting people out. Uh, thank God for the friends that I have. I had people who were literally just, they didn't ask. They just mm -hmm. dropped off food and said, hey, we have food at your, and of course I would get hungry, but I didn't want to like accept that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So I wouldn't respond because God, for me to be thankful, for me to be able to acknowledge the fact that like I, I took their help, mm -hmm. right? It was really, really bad. And I remember basically laying in the, in the shower, right? And I just sat down in the tub and was just letting the water hit me. And I remember taking the razor and just kind of like cutting the back of my leg and then taking my finger in the blood and just kind of writing weird stuff to myself. And I had no idea why I was doing it. The reason I wanted to share that is because I wanted to let people know that where I was at is I really didn't expect to basically see the next birthday. I didn't expect to be there for the next holiday. Uh, mind you, I had a son uh, who was three years old at this point in time, and he's next door, mm -hmm. right? I'm laying in this bathtub and he's like next door watching TV. You know, so part of me is like, I had this responsibility as a parent but like I've given up on all of life, but then like as a parent, you still kind of like have where you want to protect, right? So you're like, you don't dare tell your kid all the stuff that you're going through. Yeah. So it's a, it was a weird spot to be in, a lot of confliction. And the first time that I actually attempted suicide and I did not complete that was the lowest low that you could ever experience because you feel like that the one thing that would fix everything you couldn't even complete that task so you're that much more of a failure mm. 
And I don't know how to explain how that feels other than it's like you're more determined the second time that you're going to do it. And every time that you don't complete that, you feel even worse because you're like, I can't even do the one thing that would fix all this. So how has that led to kind of the trajectory now? You know, I kind of look at it as I feel like that through life we always we're all kind of on a on a highway right we're all just kind of going a certain direction but oftentimes what happens is maybe you take one of those side roads and i feel like that this was me taking the side road you know that dirt roads mm-hmm. and my car shouldn't have been on there you know but what oftentimes happens is that detour allows you to experience and see things that you might not have ever noticed before, mm-hmm. right? You get to those back roads, maybe you get to maybe an old town that has a nice mom and pop restaurant that you would never would have come across, right? Or they got that antique store that has really unique things that you never would have come across, or maybe that nice view. Uh, unfortunately, mine was kind of like more that dark forest, mm-hmm. you yeah. lost, right? Um, end up in where the hills have eyes or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, what I found is that it basically just merged back onto that highway into that direction of where I was supposed to go. Mm. And it was a very long detour to be able to get there. But as I look back in my rear view mirror, it was all part of the journey and it was all part of maybe unplanned, but it was all part of the trip of where I needed to be. So it kind of goes into the perception how you look at things that come up, pop up in our life that happens, those challenges. And so when you really think about it, what would you suggest to somebody that is hitting that detour, that life is kind of pushing them that way and they're resisting it? What would you tell them to kind of do or even the approach to kind of take with that? It's going to sound really weird, but I would say have an appreciation for everything. When you look at the human spirit, when you look at the miracles of the human body, of the brain, the neurological piece, you know, just the fighting spirit, the ability to experience all the different emotions, we are very complex. Mm -hmm. For us to be able to live in one one realm, right? To be able to say, oh, we're happy all the time, that's impossible. Mm -hmm. Right. But isn't it kind of a beautiful thing that we don't live in just one single element, kind of like other animals do? Isn't there something beautiful about being able to struggle, but then overcome it? You know, there's got there's something beautiful about being able to overcome whatever life is given at you. Right. That you can master a skill that you can learn a new skill you know, if you're tired of the ones that you have. And so most people don't really think about those things. We're just kind of thinking about our limitations or we're just living in jealousy, right? right? Like, oh my God, that guy's such an amazing artist. I wish I could do that. I'm like, well, had you practiced for as long as he had, maybe you could, or maybe you could have done something different or better or whatever. Yeah. But we don't think about that. We immediately go to the results and think about that. So if you are going through some of this stuff, understand that there is an entire world there's an entire following of people there's an entire tribe waiting for you and your story is being created as we speak 
you know, I use the example of uh, BMXers all the time that in order for them to hit that really, really big jump, in order for them to be able to get like the craziest trick that they can come up off of, right? They have to go really fast downhill before they can come really fast uphill. And so while you are in this downhill piece, go really fast because once you come up on the top, you're not going to be prepared for it. No one else is going to be prepared for it. But I promise you, the results <laughs> from what you do going downhill will impact what you do coming up. I have to laugh at that. It's like we've we've highlighted this that sometimes you're going with reckless abandon. Yes. And so for us, with what we're doing with two native sons and everything that we're taking on, sometimes we're so fast paced, and I've shared being grateful for people that are in their life to kind of slow us down. But I think instead of trying to constantly slow yourself down, keep pushing and keep moving forward. But I think when you think about sharing your story and telling people, if I've done it, you can do it. And I know we've talked about some stuff of maybe changing the verbiage. Mm -hmm. And so how often, when you think about that saying, how often are we hearing it? And what do you think the verbiage could be to flip that to really sink into people's brains that you can do it if I've done it? We just got to figure out some different verbiage. Well, I tell people all the time, as much as my son would love it, as much as I would love it, I'm not Superman. For those of you who know me, you'll appreciate that fact because my son and I have a business where we actually collect and sell uh, Marvel action figures, you know, so... I said Superman. For those of you who are uh, really <laughs> sensitive to that, I'm sorry. Let me say uh, I'm not Wolverine or Sentry or whatever, you know, sorry to, to correct. I just thought about that. And I know my son would be like, Superman. He's like, we don't even like DC. Like, I like DC. But anyhow, I digress. So I really think that if people really were to just kind of sit there and if we were to write down all of the problems that we perceive that we have if we were to make a list of all the pros and cons of life more than likely what you'll find is that a lot of it comes down to hurt past hurts holding on to hurt giving ourselves hurt that doesn't even exist right because we're so accustomed to it when you think of all of those different things if i change the trajectory and say look because I did it, you can do it. If I just turn around and say, if you just focus on what you can, if you just focus on letting go of the pain, if you just focus and realize that these perceived weaknesses are actually your strength, that's all you need. That one thing can help change your trajectory. That one thing can help your mindset. That one thing can help you get through this moment. And sometimes that one moment turns into the entire day. That entire day allows you to win the next week. And the week allows you to win the month. And maybe you digress a little bit in the next month, but overall you still had more good days than not. And it literally just starts with that one thought process. That one, I'm too tired of being tired. I'm pissed off at being broke. (laughs) I'm on purpose. And I really hate feeling this way. I realize that, you know what? Things that happen to me are not everyone else's fault. Maybe I played a role into that. One little thought can transcend so many different stories, so many different endings and results. So I think if we're going to change that, then let's talk about 
And really, let's be willing to face ourselves. And I think maybe that's the verbiage we go with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you're really big with superheroes, Marvel, DC, and it's unique because today it's 9-11. And so there was a unit member, very actually, um, he's from another country, but he, when he was growing up and he saw the World Trade Center and everything going down, he asked, where's Batman at? Where's the superheroes that are going to save this? Mm -hmm. And so when you think about superheroes and the impact that maybe they've had in your life, how does that transition or transcend the legacy that you're building by using superheroes as a motivation? And what does that play into how you're building what you're building? You know, honestly, the superheroes that I've always loved the most were the ones that uh, always overcame adversity. They're the ones that um, were always viewed as the outcasts, right? So for me, the 90s X-Men always resonates with me. You know, and I remember watching this episode on the cartoon, and it was at the end of the credits or whatever, and it's Wolverine and Jubilee. And Wolverine is basically walking her through the danger room. And he was like, you know, look, here's Sabretooth, right? And here's the evil hood of brother, um, or the brotherhood of evil mutants. And, you know, so he's basically going through all of like the worst foes that the X-Men have, right? And then the next one was like the Sentinels. Mm. And then he asked her, he says, what do you think is our worst enemy? And she was like, Magneto, right? And he's like, wrong, human beings, because they hate us. And so for some reason that always resonated with me that we hate on things that we don't know about. Mm. You think of like all the LGBT community and all the stuff that they've had to battle through. You know, we, we talk about, you know, divorce and parents and, and that was a huge thing that, you know, is so prevalent nowadays. And so all these things are basically just being a human, but nobody causes more heartache on us than each other. So for me, when I look at specific characters, when I look at that, when I'm, you know, heroes don't really wear capes. They don't have superpowers. You know, my father was really my first hero. He actually did everything in his power to make uh, his marriage work. And just some people are not made to be parents. And so at nine years old, my mom decided to leave. My sister was seven, my brother was 13, and my dad raised three of us on his own. Again, that every superhero, all the good stories that people resonate with, they definitely have their demons to battle with, right? Mm. So my father was a workaholic. That was his escape. A father can't really fulfill a mother's role, just like a mother can't always fulfill a father's role. They have to play both roles sometimes, single parents. Yeah. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I didn't get those hugs and those I love yous and that motherly touch, mm. right? Just like many uh, people haven't got that fatherly, maybe that tough love or that, you know, that sometimes that male pride, you know, that men need to develop, right, yeah. to be able to have a sense of self. And so I didn't have that. But what I did have was a dedicated father that basically said, I need you to step up to my brother. I need you to basically help me raise these kids. And so my brother at 13 years old, turned around and lost his childhood, because he was really dad number two, he was responsible for all the cooking. He was the one that would basically do the laundry. Right. And so when he did go out, he didn't want to be bothered with the burdens of home. Mm. So he was really hero number two for me because here these guys were who basically were trying to figure it out. 
And my brother's sitting there at 13 years old doing all of these things out of necessity. Um, as you progress, you know, into life, you realize that there are many people around you that kind of show up and not everything is going to be that like that superhero that you have a long lasting relationship with. Sometimes it's kind of that quick blurb where they just kind of save you real mm. quick. So I've had several mother figures through my entire life. A lot of them were my friends, moms, and they understood the situation and they allowed me to really infiltrate their homes right? <laughs> every weekend. Yeah. Come over stay the night, stay both nights. Right. As long as your dad's okay with it. Mm. My friend, Tim, his mom, you know, Tim, basically we connected playing football and he basically said, Hey, I'm going to church. If you want to come over, if not, then uh, I'll catch you tomorrow. And so I decided to go that night. And then, you know, I mean, then it was like, I was going every week and Tim's mom was like basically my mom, you know? And so every night she's like, she knew my favorite meals that she made. She would tuck me in at night. She'd give me a kiss at night, <laughs> you know, all those things that moms do that I never had. And so when I look back on it, like I was blessed that I didn't have just one mom. I had many moms throughout my lifetime. And, you know, as I go through and all these things, I mean, there's so many people that I could refer to as heroes and none of them wear capes. None of them are out there fighting crime per se, but that's again, the beauty of being a human is that you realize that people are doing extraordinary things, which to them doesn't feel extraordinary. And I think that alone is a superpower. No, I, <laughs> that that ordinary piece really, I think that throws people out of whack um, because that resonates a lot more with a lot more people than the extraordinary pieces. It's, it's just the everyday occurrence with a lot of people and whatnot. So when you are looking at everything that's taking place and whatnot, the legacy that you're trying to build, what is that? And when you look at it, how are you living out the legacy that you're building? I think for me, what I want to showcase to people is that don't allow anybody to ever put you in a box. And that's really my legacy is that I want people to realize that my 180, my, my self-image, hmm. there was really nothing there. My whole goal was to just simply disappear. Now, my thought process is that I want people to know that you can drop out of school four times, right? You can go to college and never get a degree and still turn around and find success. Hmm. You can live the lifestyle with your family that you want because you manifested it, that you can have a great relationship with your sons even after time has passed. So don't allow anyone to put you in the box is really kind of my legacy. I want people to know that you can overcome whatever life throws at you if you are willing to do that. Mm. And I want to echo really you, <laughs> right? And that this resonates with me so much is that nobody is going to say the worst things about you than yourself. Mm. And nobody's going to tell your story better than you. And I promise you that you will not like the version that other people tell. Mm. So you might as well tell it first. Yeah. Well, now when you look at that, getting into coaching, working in that space with individuals, 
and really stepping into that part of life now building the legacy here, helping people to get outside the box, not being a box that people are putting them in. How do you see that playing into what we're doing within the coaching realm? And what do you want to do different than maybe some of the coaches that you see and some of the coaches that we know? You know, I think that coaching is a category that's a a really weird space to be in, honestly, because everyone and their mom is kind of qualified to be a coach in some way, shape, or form. But because of that, there's an oversaturation for a lot of people who maybe are not doing it for the right reasons. Mm. Maybe they're doing it for notoriety, for the money, for uh, to make themselves feel better, to deflect, right? You see that quite a bit. And so for me, where I want to operate, where you know our goals are, is that our goal is that we don't want to be a long-term solution for somebody. We don't want to be somebody that somebody has to rely on as a crutch to be able to get through. We would love for our clients to be able to break away from us and to watch them thrive. And I think that's unique because a lot of people automatically just assume that you're not going to make money if you lose clients. I'm like, if anything, they're going to see the value because you help them grow. You help them go next level. And so first and foremost, that is our goal is that we don't want our clients to have to work with us long-term. If they choose to, because they want to, that's a completely different story. But I think that for us, knowing that the collaboration piece is huge, the ability to uh, overcome yourself, and then now thinking outside the box and being authentic, you know, those are the huge realms and the spaces that we work with. Well, and I think that's unique because we do have an individual that we're working with and to see the transition of what he's done, but also him thinking outside the box and considering and saying, okay, this is some stuff that we can work together, which is such a unique thing because I think we miss out on the opportunity a lot of times to learn from other people. And a lot of great coaches will say, not only am I helping somebody, but I'm also learning from somebody And I think that's a unique approach when you're working with somebody and it clicks and they start tapping into it and they're like, man, this is something that we can do together. And we're like, cool, let's go. When you think about that, what's the biggest thing that you want to take away from each individual that you work with? You know, every, every story is unique, right? And you just never know what stories are going to inspire you. You never know which ones are going to be uh, the ones that resonate. And so because of all the things that I've gone through, I've always kind of gone against the grain. Everyone and their mom's watching Game of Thrones. Here we are like two years later, I just now watched it, right? Everyone and their mom was watching Breaking Bad. I watched it like five years later because there's so much hype around mm. it, right? And what I, what I realized for a long time, I thought I was just this, this hater, Right. But what I realize now is it's not that I'm a hater. It's just that when everyone is on top of something, the uniqueness of that individual goes away because it is just a follow train. Mm-hmm. And I look back on that. I'm like, I built my insurance industry by being where other agents weren't built a million dollar book of business from selling online. We want, we launched this coaching business to prove to people that you can literally come from a conversation at a park <laughs> to be able to really do something. If yeah. you just put your mind to it, if you just say yes. So what I realize now is just that 
as you go through different things, don't be afraid to go against the grind. Don't be afraid to stand out. Don't be afraid to just be you. Even if it feels awkward, even if it doesn't make sense to you, even there is an urge within you where you want to be known for just you. You don't want to be associated with the things that you like or the things that you do or the people you hang out with. You just want to be you. And once you're comfortable with just being you, so many opportunities arise. People gravitate <laughs> to you because it's uniquely you. I think right there, that's a, that's a key piece really for somebody to sit down and really think on and really ponder on and kind of see where they're at and what they need to do to get to that point of being themselves. And so I think that's a, a big takeaway there, really something to just write and do some journaling or just really think about and whatnot. As we're going through and you look at it, I know you're real big with gratitude. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at everything, because I think it's unique um, if somebody really finds a situation that creates gratitude, mm -hmm. um, especially the bad situations, uh, yes. the situations that normally people are like, I'm not going to show gratitude for that because it resonates with Michelle's conversation when we had her on and mm -hmm. she was grateful for cancer. Yes. And how many people do you hear being grateful for that type of situation? We have very few and, and shout out to Michelle Moraz guys, if you haven't checked her out and check that out. So with her, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. I promise you. And I'm not saying that just because it's our episode. She is just that dynamic of a person. So, And so for yourself, what is some of those things that really fills the gratitude area for you at this time? So first and foremost, uh, I, I truly am thankful for all of the hardships that I had to go through and endure because that gave me the fortitude and you know I don't think that we're born with that ability to truly dig deep hmm. usually that grit piece usually comes that you have to go through and although mine was a longer period you know and you know, it was about a decade that I really suffered from that mental health piece. To go from that to basically now people saying, hey, I need to have you on a podcast. And, you know, uh, people in my B&I group are talking about meeting with you. So I need to schedule a one-on-one -on -one with you, mm -hmm. right? Um, I need help with my business. Uh, you're the go-to. Who do you know, right? To go from that in such a short period of time there's something there. And, and again, that wouldn't have come from this uh, unless I went through that struggle, mm. but it's also because I have an appreciation for that struggle now. Yeah. Right. Like I said, there is something really beautiful about being able to overcome. And so I really look at that in all aspects, right. Where am I currently failing? And it's a beautiful thing that I am failing there because now I can learn that skill set on a much better level. And the next person that I'm, I'm super thankful for is my wife. Uh, there was a point in time when I never thought that anyone would want anything to do with me. I hoped, right, that something would be there. There was a, a poem that I wrote, at, and at one point it basically said that maybe someday will somebody will love me, perhaps even someday call me hubby, <laughs> right? And so you put it out there, but in that state of mind, I was also like, oh, that relationship's not going to last, right? I'm like, those people are too happy. They're probably <laughs> faking it, right? So I was saying the worst things, yeah. but my wife basically had 
seen something in me that I did not. Mm. When other people didn't see it, she would shine the light on a little bit to say, look, right? And even though I still didn't believe it, because I was still used to hearing all the other things. Well, my wife, when we were dating, she would not allow other people to say those other things about me. Mm. She would not let me listen to it. I remember there was a time when my ex was kind of going off, right? And we were just going back and forth. And my wife now takes the phone, just hangs it up. She's like, I'm not letting people talk to you like that. And to really have somebody who basically was like, I don't care what happens to me in this world anymore. Mm. To someone say, it doesn't matter if, if what happens to you, because I care enough to shield you and protect you from that that you've dealt with this for long enough that you don't deserve that. Mm. All of a sudden I'm like, now I have somebody to protect me. So now I'm like, now I want to protect them. You know, so it was a huge investment for her to be able to take me, Mm. take on my son. Right. And then now for us to have a son who is just like, man, lights me up. Right. Because of everything that he does, he's just on point. And Every single day, you know, like I find myself as a father trying to do better, trying to make decisions that will impact, right? Now, my son is really lucky in the sense that I'm a huge fan of these action figures, you know, and so he gets to benefit from that, right? He himself now, you know, as part of the business and we get an opportunity to collect a lot of toys and stuff. But we had made a decision probably about a year ago that we were no longer going to buy him toys. Mm. So he hasn't had a new toy that has come from us in over a year because we dedicated and basically said we're going to go ahead and give uh, experiences instead. So again, now he does get the fulfillment from the toys from the business side. Yeah. But uh, for everything else, it's all about the experiences. And, you know, when you see direct impact to your children that they look up to you you know my son is in this phase where it's like every night dad let's go uh let's go make these new sets right for the pictures for the instagram or whatever (laughs) and mom's like what about mom and he's like you don't like to play with the figures it's okay (laughs) right and so um you know to see these things and to see him like uh actually two weeks now and again this is coming from somebody that didn't cry for like seven years. Right. Mm. But like today, last week in both of his football games, I teared up Uh, last week. He basically all week, like for like three weeks, we've been practicing and he doesn't have like siblings in the house. He, you know, not really been the type to rough house, you know? And so when we're out there playing football, we're trying to teach the microaggressions, right. That it's, this is the place that it's okay to get those out. And he just basically cares about everyone. So he's out there and he's kind of like pushing, but then he gets pushed down and he gets right back up. But then when he knocks other people down, he's helping them up. And then we just felt like that he was just kind of like pushing and then letting go. And so he would just kind of stand there and not do a whole lot. Well, in the game last week, he shows up and all of a sudden it just all clicked. He's pushing. He's looking for other people to push. And he goes out there. They end up winning uh, like 32 to nothing. He was out there on like four of the touchdown drives. And I was just like, man, like just the small week to week little things that we talk about make a big difference. 
when we first started, I always wanted to be like that proud parent from the sideline and everybody comes in thinking that their kid's going to be the best and that they're the next Tom Brady or whatever. <laughs> right. And then it's a harsh reality when you realize that it's not, but the next level is then you want your kids to be happy and then just enjoy the moment. Right. And that should have been first. And foremost. <laughs> but you get to that point where you're sitting there and you realize that like, when did I become that sideline parent? Mm. Right. And you've seen all the worst of the worst, right. You've got, parents tripping the kids you got parents fighting each other and beating up the refs going after the coaches right all those different horrible stories and I never thought that uh that was going to be me and it hasn't so don't <laughs> don't misconstrue that I never expected to be the guy that was like yelling at my kid from the sideline oh, yeah. um and so I had to stop that right because I'm like coach is out there he'll see it he'll worry about it I can talk to him coach to him afterward but then it was also I realized that we were incentivizing the wrong thing. Mm. We were only giving praise after a good practice. Yeah. Right. We we're also incentivizing saying, well, you can rack up these points and we can use these points for stuff. But like, but again, what statistically for parents of kids who are in sports, if your children are only incentivized to for performance play, statistically in clutch situations, they will fail more often than not and the reason being is they put so much pressure on themselves to have a really good job that they lose focus of just doing what they're supposed to do now they think they have to be the superstar they think they have to carry the team on their back Mm -hmm. so when we made the adjustment to turn around and just say just go out there and have fun if you push somebody just continue to push if you push somebody find somebody else to push and then on the game in clutch time he picks it up and it's, it started to resonate. And it came from just literally being able to have that conversation where instead of saying, hey, you had a really great practice today. I'm really proud of you. Even on the days that he didn't have the best practice, to say, hey, you know what? You got knocked down a couple of times, but I'm so proud of how you popped right back up every single time, yeah. right? I loved how you were looking for somebody to block every single time, right? And then now all of a sudden the game is fun. He got his first pancake and he got up and he's like, dad, He's like, you see me pick him up or you see me knock him down? I said, yes, but I was more proud that you picked him right back up as well. And so when you feed those things, now he just goes out and just does what he needs to do. Today, coach said, hey, I'm going to install him on the jumbo line for goal line. This kid has only run the ball twice ever in practice. Coach said, I'm, I'm putting him in there as a running back. He's like, I'll try to signal you if I can. He's like, but when we get to the goal line, I got my binoculars <laughs> and, and he, him and the, the quarterback and my son are there with the coach. And I was like, oh, this is it. Right. So I'm telling my wife, my wife's like jumping up and down. She's getting excited. And I'm sitting there with the binoculars and I'm just watching. He gets the ball. They hand it off to him. He runs up to the line. He stops for a second. And then he runs, breaks through two tackles and gets in there. And I just like couldn't help myself. I just noticed myself like tearing up for him to never have touched the ball. They never practiced this, nothing. Coaches kind of threw it on a whim. To, but for him to have that confidence in my son to say, you know what, we're going to do this. Mm. And for him to go out there and execute because he just wants to be, to be a part of the team. And for him to come back and say, why was everyone so happy for me to celebrate? And I was like, because you scored the touchdown, right? And so he didn't really think of like, this was a big deal for me to score a touchdown. He just thought that that was what he needed to do as part of the team, which was why he was able to execute in a clutch situation without ever practicing. When I realized that that is 
I mean, that's a lesson that I'm learning from my son at six years old. You know, I'm learning that turns around and what does that do for how I coach people in my business? How do I coach people, you know, coaches who are trying to further their businesses and for our clients, you know, so all of those things. So, I mean, not a lot of people would turn around and I think give thankfulness to their kids other than the fact that they're their kids and that they love them. But like at six years old, this kid is teaching me more about life because of how I want him to experience it. And it's a whole different realm because I had a way different experience growing mm-hmm. up, you know, but also realizing that there's probably a lot of work that could have been done <laughs> in that time frame too. I think that's huge. And it's just really finding those opportunities for the gratitude piece, even the little things uh, is huge and whatnot. So I think it's just taking the time really to find those those opportunities be thankful yeah and the other thing that i'm really thankful for is just uh i truly value the connections that i make with business partners like yourself referral partners uh, through the business and friendships because it is so hard to find authentic people that you actually want to spend time with Mm. consistently and i know that's really difficult to find that time but to be able to find that want as well, to be able to do that, I think for a lot of people is oftentimes really hard, especially while they have families and businesses and mm. things like that to attend. So those who do show up for me, for those who invite me to those things, right? Because they want to be around me because they love the energy that I bring and vice versa. You know, uh, I'm super thankful for that because that is such a rare thing nowadays. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think oh, that's huge right there. And now getting into Poddex. Yes. Shout out Travis Brown for the creation of Poddex. So we'll grab some different decks here. So this actually comes from Sober Living. Um, is there anything you still need to make amends for? Gosh, I always feel like that there's always going to be somebody that uh, deserves an apology. We're always going to be a villain to somebody, right? And as much as we want to go back and rewrite the history books and things like that, we really can't. So I guess for me, it would be probably my ex Hmm. because how do you go from thinking that you're going to live together forever to hating each other to co-parenting? I mean, there's a lot of different emotions, right? That go through there. And I know that we probably have said some things that we both didn't mean, Hmm. you know, and again, it's a lot of different stuff to go through, you know, I definitely don't hate her now. And, um, you know, she, she does it. She's an excellent mother. Right. And so if anything, uh, I would like for her, you know, to know that I acknowledge that. Mm. I think for, for me, it's, it's the journey really that I've been on. I've gotten to the point really of forgiven, maybe only taking my parents for granted mm-hmm. <laughs> could be the only thing um there's times that i've had conversations with both my mom and my dad yeah. and have apologized yes. <laughs> because not fully recognized but that's the thing as a kid though it you haven't gone through the experiences of course so yeah. sometimes it's hard to really see that and you're like oh it's just my parents they're just trying to bring me down and whatnot yeah but once you get to the point it's really making the mints and whatnot trying to make the relationship stronger 
there was a time that I didn't talk to him for like five years. <laughs> sure. Sure. So yeah, it happens, you know, and um, you know, like we talked about before, forgiveness is really for yourself. Mm -hmm. But again, there are certain times when you just feel compelled to make things right. Yeah. All right. We got great inventions. To you, what is the difference between an invention and a discovery? Hmm. You know, I guess I look at invention as something that was innovative in the moment, right? You saw a need, you fulfilled the need. I feel like a discovery is something that uh, nobody knew about that you brought the attention to. Hmm. So for example, I never knew that I was a fidgeter, hmm. you know, and now that they have like these sensory type dice and all of these things, like it keeps my attention span a lot better, but I didn't know that myself and many other people could benefit from something like that. Hmm. So, uh, I think that was really the difference between an invention versus a discovery. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's a, a unique way to look at it. I think because the discovery piece, when you look at it like an entrepreneurship level, but you look at the consumption chain and you discover that pain point that mm -hmm. isn't being met. Mm -hmm. And so you go back and create a solution to bring it back to the problem space sure. where a lot of people go and create a solution and try to bring it to the problem space when they haven't done enough research. So I think the discovery piece is really just finding, like you said, finding something there that somebody didn't realize and then bringing it and making it better. Yeah. Invention-wise, I think... When we think about inventions, I think it's a lot of the machines, mm. a lot of the physical pieces, um, because if you think about art, art can be an invention. And so music could be an invention. But I think when you think about it, when I look at it, inventions are something that are physical, that somebody's got some tangibility to, uh, towards it. I think discovery, sometimes that can be outside of the, the tangible piece. It can be intangible. Yeah, and, and really both could be, right? I mean, because if you look at, uh, discovery I also thought of kind of like discovering new land or discovering you know maybe a new sense of self right and again that may not be tangible but also like some of the devices like technique to be able to communicate better the ability to read mirror neurons amongst uh, you know you versus somebody else I mean again there's no real tangibility there either so yeah I mean it's an interesting question to really think about that because I think in certain ways they are interchangeable but also, you know, to different people, they're going to have different meanings as well. Mm. Last one we have here is uh, from the interview deck. When people look you in the eyes, what do you hope they see? I hope that, that they just see somebody who is honest and wants really to be able to help. And I've realized now that part of the reason for the success is because I give more than I take. Mm. And that method doesn't work for everyone, right? And as much as I try to teach and coach that, it just, it's not for everyone. It's a certain personality type. It mm. takes a certain type of person to be able to, to absorb that and also realize that you may not get anything out of giving. Mm. For a lot of people, they don't want to do that. So my hope is that they realize is that when I make that decision, um, if it is to help, if it is to give, it is, you know, whether it's time, monetarily, energy, whatever, that I'm doing it because 
I just want to help, mm. not because I have any sort of agenda behind it, not because I'm hoping to gain a sale or a lead, a connection. I really just want to help. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I also want people to know that there are truly people out there who just want to help. And I talk about that where you want to give more than you take. I think you got to have a balance too, though. Definitely. And so I think as you're building a team, finding those people that are good at taking more than that they give. Um, but I think that's where you're working with them. And somebody's listened to that. And they're like, what kind of wacky shit is this right here? But I think it's just taking that approach because if somebody's strong in that area, you want that part of your team because if that's not what you're about, you've got to build your team with these different individuals that fit. Absolutely. And puzzles have all different types of pieces, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, it completes a beautiful picture. Business is the same way. You can't surround yourself with just like-minded people. Mm. You have to have people around you that can challenge you, that gives you different thought processes, but again, also builds into that long-term vision. Yeah. So that's a really unique point. And I'm really glad that you brought <laughs> that up because it's super important to, for, for people to realize that, you know, this cancel culture that yeah. we live in and this litigious society, you're, you're not going to last if you're quickly trying to weed people out, if you're trying to penalize people for mistakes, you know, for human error, I mean, every single person that's out there on Twitter bashing stuff, gosh, let's pull out your skeletons, mm -hmm. right? Because I promise you, you would be the first person to go. And so let's take a step back and realize that as human beings, we're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. I think for myself, when it comes to meeting people and when they look me in the eyes, it's just knowing that I'm very authentic and I'm not showing up here playing games with people. Mm. What I come with is the mask fully off and I'm not trying to be anybody else. Mm. And understanding that you're not going to love me all the time. You might hate <laughs> me sometimes, um, but it's the fact that I'm not going to sway for anybody. Right. I'll be there and I've got your back. But it's the fact that I'm showing up and being the authentic piece. But I think it's also giving the space to people, allowing them to be their true authentic self. And then also the last one of just showing up and people truly seeing that, yeah, he truly does love himself. Mm. And he's creating that space for other people to come in and be that same way. Yes. 100%. I see that when I look your eyes. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> so, no, I love it. This is a great conversation. One really just really touching some different things, opening up some different doors and whatnot. And so when you're looking at the whole conversation that we've had and the legacy ninjas that are listening right now, what's that one thing or a couple of things that when you think about it is those quick nuggets that you want people to walk away with? I would say that, um, you know, the biggest takeaways, and this applies if you're in a good spot or if you're in a struggling spot, is look to see what you can build for the longevity. Because at the end of the day, so many of us are focused just on the, on the now. And again, I understand finances are important. I understand paying your bills are important. I understand, you know, being there in the moment with the family is super important or your relationships, all of those things, right? You have to be in the moment when you're there. But instead of just only focusing on the moment, right? Let's ask those questions. What do we hope to gain out of these relationships? 
how long do we want these relationships to last? Because I promise you, it's a lot of work to be able to maintain long lasting relationships. Uh, people were not meant to really stay in our lives forever, but you can really pick and choose those ones that do. Mm. And what does that look like, right? So what does your finances look like? Are you in this position where you're going paycheck to paycheck and you hate in being in the struggle? Chances are, and where most people are, is they spend more on entertainment than they do anything else. Mm. So if you have all those different movie accounts, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, right? I mean, can you reduce those to maybe one? And again, that additional $20, $40 maybe goes toward a credit card. If you have to have a vacation every single year because you're trying to build memories and experiences, that's all well and good. But, you know, how much of your paycheck goes toward that? How mm -hmm. much of your pay rate and versus if you were to just put that money away and build that up? through maybe a CD or a, you know, an investment account or something like that, right? And then it'll continue to grow even after you pull out. So again, these are a lot of things that I was not educated with. And so at the end of the day, you really have to think about if you want different results, then you have to do something different about it. Mm. And we're not talking about your friends and your family because the likelihood is that you are the average sum of the five people that you hang around. And so if you're not happy with your finances and you're living paycheck to paycheck, more than likely the people that you hang around are probably also living paycheck to paycheck. Now, again, there's definitely exceptions to the rules. We all, you know, have friends and families from different circles, but understand that majority of the time that is the case. And so if you really are seeking different results, then you have to change and that starts with self that starts with the self-love that starts with just that one idea that we talked about at the very beginning of this that one idea can change the trajectory of your life and it's just a matter of willing to face yourself hmm. yeah no i think that's huge and so as individuals are listening legacy ninjas are listening to this anything that resonates with you something that you've got to change that trajectory for yourself we'd love to hear the feedback couple different avenues, Instagram, you can go check out the uh, pod page for us. So I'll go to spelled out TWONativesons.com that you can leave a voice message. Let us have your feedback and share your ideas and your opinions, but also check out the previous episodes. So I want to thank Patrick joining, coming in uh, and just giving the knowledge and giving the perspective and whatnot. And I want to give a shout out to everybody in the community for the support and just being here and ultimately allowing us to do what we are able to do because of the support and the love that everybody's showing. Yeah, and thank you for the questions. You know, what was what's often unique and a lot of people don't realize about our podcast is that we don't pre-fill the questions. We don't send the questions to our guests ahead of time. And we want it to be no different with our own individual interviews. But I really appreciate the well thought out questions and also given our audience the ability to really kind of go maybe on a deeper level than maybe some of our guests have uh, allowed themselves to go into. So thank you for that. You're an excellent host, which is why <laughs> I love doing the podcast with you. And guys, thank you so much for just being a part of our community. We love doing what we do and uh, we couldn't do this if it wasn't without your support. Other than that, we'll catch you guys later as Legacy Ninjas go extract that legacy that you're building. If you need help, reach out to us. We're here for you to help you extract that for yourself. Thanks, guys.